0: Welcome and thank you for joining Speak Up for Safer Care. Speak Up for Safer Care is a product of Safer Care Texas, Patient Safety Division at the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth, Texas, where it is our mission to challenge traditional thinking to eliminate preventable harm. Speak Up for Safer Care illuminates gaps in care, process, or design that leads to preventable harm in all healthcare care settings. I'm your host, John Sims, Director of Safer Care Texas, and joining me is our co-host, Leanne Cunningham, Strategic Operations Assistant Director.
1: Good afternoon, John.
0: All righty. Today's episode is episode number 12, Knee Surgery Complications Seen Through a Patient's Lens, and our guest today is Brett Wells. Brett, thank you so much for being our guest today. Uh, thank you for having me. Can you take us just briefly through your um, your professional background? Uh, i spent... Uh, Many years in North
2: Texas as a police officer, and after about 14, almost 15 years of being a police officer, I decided to switch courses, and I started working and got into government
0: contracting overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan. Wow, so sounds pretty physical, is that fair to say? Extremely physical. Okay, so my next question, if you can elaborate a little bit, is um, tell us about the events that led to you and your... um, your doctor's decision for you to have a uh, a bilateral knee replacement surgery and and to to clarify you did do both at the same time is that correct or was it one at a time
2: i did i did both knees several times, had TKRs on both knees several times due to, and we'll go into it later, multiple staph infections and and, and uh, an allergy to the uh, knee replacements themselves.
1: And Brett, just for clarification, you said TKR, that's total knee replacement.
2: Total knee replacement, yes. Perfect. Ma'am. I was injured in Afghanistan in uh, March 9th of 2010. I was teaching a live fire uh, training program personal security detail course, uh, which involved us using live ammunition, uh, doing bounding drills while we're doing live fires, throwing grenades, that type of thing, smoke, you know, smoke, smoke grenades, flashbangs, Um, and had a student who actually decided to, he was going to try to shoot me, uh, as he was turning and running and I had to grab his weapon and I threw him to the ground and I was in full kit. And uh, what I mean by kit was tactical kit, helmet bulletproof vest, ceramic plates, all my ammunition, which weighed approximately about 92 pounds, is what my vest and everything weighed when I was fully kitted out. Um, when I threw him to the ground to not get shot, my left knee just, I don't know, I just say it disintegrated. That's, it just felt like it disintegrated. And I actually fell, We our, our range in Afghanistan was on a 12 degree incline on the mountainside. And on the right side of it, ran a, river, a mountain ravine down past the range. And when I this happened and I threw him to the ground and my left knee, went out, I I don't know, just from the pain, if I walked that way and I ended up falling 20, 25 foot down the mountain range. Oh, wow. Wow. And being, you know, being trying to be Mr. Macho Man, honestly, uh, I sat there and I was the boss. I was the security management cell manager. I uh, The doctors in country wanted to send me home and i refused and i said i'm not going to leave my team so i stayed in country for three months with my knees just destroyed Mm. and so i and it just we went through draining multiple times a week draining the knees in country and then eventually it got to a point that i could barely walk and the doctors finally sent me home
1: so you went home and you had your first knee surgery. Can you describe the recovery process from that first surgery for us?
2: My first knee surgeries was not actually total knee replacement, it was tubioplasties because my doctor and I didn't agree at the time. Uh, he wanted to do total knee replacements and I wanted to go back in country and be with my team. So I went for a the tubioplasty And then um, on, started with my left leg that was injured in there. And my right leg was injured when I tumbled as well and dislocated everything. And when he got inside doing the tubioplasties, he ended up having to completely sever me at the knee, broke my, uh, broke my lower leg, realigned it and actually detached my uh, uh, quad muscles from my legs and then casted my leg for four months.
1: Oh my, how long were you out of service?
2: Ma'am, it's been almost 12 years now. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> ever been back to work since.
1: Oh my goodness. So so it was it Was it basically right after this surgery that you realized something still wasn't right?
2: Well, after the first surgery on the left knee went okay, I went to the right one immediately upon recovering from the left. And when my right one, uh, I, I did the right tubioplasty. And still had major, major damage. And then we went to, I still realized that my knees just weren't right. I couldn't go back to work. So I broke down and went with, with my doctor's orders and went with the total knee replacements. And that led me down a complete horrific path of staph infections, allergy to the, to the metal, uh, multiple autoimmune diseases from this. It's, it's just
0: been a 12-year process. So, um, so now, now you've had uh, both knee replacements. Okay. This is the first. Yeah. And so I want to, I want to walk through the, when you had both knee replacements. Um, but before I do, I want you to kind of, from your understanding, what was the, uh, you call it the, the, I couldn't understand you, the tuboplasty, what did you call the?
2: T- they call it a tibialplasty. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Can you explain in your words as a, as a patient how you understood what that was?
2: Uh, at the time, I was just told that he was going to uh, break my lower leg and realign it Okay. Uh, to try to strengthen and tighten the ligaments around the knee. Gotcha. Um, and when he got inside, the damage was just so severe that he ended up having to basically try to tighten every ligament in my knee itself,
0: the MCL, LCL everything. Wow. And so, um, how many bilateral, and when I say bilateral, that means both knees, how many bilateral knee replacement surgeries did you have before your doctor suggested, Hey, perhaps you should get a second opinion. Uh,
2: actually the, the, I had two double bilateral knee replacements and we started seeing the the problems. I started having extreme pain, nerve pain. Um, I was swelling enormous, just an enormous amount of swelling. When I got hurt in Afghanistan, I was about 190 pounds. Mm -hmm. By the time these two bilateral knee replacements happened and the allergy was taking over my body,
0: I went to 400 pounds. Oh, wow. Wow. And so, the, now, the allergy, from what I recall, that wasn't something that was discovered right away. No. So you had a second opinion. What was the medical team, uh, and I'm talking about the second medical team uh, for the second opinion, how did they respond to you? Take us through that conversation. And that, that is probably where I really wanted to speak out and be on this program and let people understand how
2: to be an advocate for yourself. Uh, The second opinion was, uh, there's no other way to put it, but horrific. The doctor that I went to in Fort Worth, I'll just say the city, I won't say his name or his practice, uh, basically could have cared less that I was there. Uh, Took x-rays of my leg, said, hey, your prosthesis, everything looks fine. You know, and I'm like, but I'm dealing with severe nerve pain. Something's really wrong with me. I'm swelling. Look at my swelling. Look at my legs what's happened that's why my doctor is sending me to you because there's something we are not understanding is going on and he basically looked at me and said if you don't want to work out and you want to be fat the rest of your life I can't help you and walked out of the
0: oh my gosh wow so not not a, a fun visit at all and, and you've alluded to the uh to the allergy if you tell let's let's for the audience what what allergy was this and how did you discover that you had that the allergies were the uh, source of your problems. So when
2: we had the allergy, and we, my doctor and I were speaking of the allergy and we were discussing with him, is there a chance that I'm allergic to this? Is there, you know, doing your own personal research because you have to become your own advocate. You, your family have to be your own advocate. So we were researching what was going on with me because the pain was so severe and, and I was becoming so sick. Um, My wife found a place called meliza.org and it is what saved my life. The test was a blood test that actually my doctor sent one of my old knee replacements that he took out of me in with the blood to meliza.org. They took 13 vials of blood and was supposed to take, they said, between 10 and 14 days, and ended up taking, and within four days, they called my, my doctor, my PCP, it, and, and, and my surgeon, and said, Brett has a toxic level of nickel in his body. Now, the part that was crazy was my skin, during all these discussions, I went to an allergist and had skin test. My skin is not allergic to nickel, but my blood and my oh, tissue are see.
1: So does this allergy have a specific medical name, this condition?
2: No, ma'am. It's just a
0: nickel. I mean, it's referenced. they just reference it to it as a nickel allergy. Yeah. so um and you you had talked about having infections. and typically when something like this happens, the first thing that um, surgeons want to rule out is is the infection from the prosthetic knee replacement? Yes, right. Yes. And, and that was ruled out how many times? I've <laughs> uh, had more, more aspirations
2: on my knees than I can count. I, I don't, I can't even tell you. We did it, it seemed like on a
0: weekly, sometimes bi-weekly basis when we were going through this. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if it's, if it's, if the prosthetic leg is not, uh, or the prosthetic uh, knee replacements are not infected, now, what? we still have the same symptoms, and it's obvious, Brett, that you just don't want to work out, you don't want to get up out of bed and you just want to stay fat so that's that's the problem now, right
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely and, and and that was the second opinion. My doctor was more on the line of not sure, and I would like you to go mm. to the mayo clinic and at the time i I agreed, I mean, sure, I would want to go to anybody to try to figure out what was wrong with me. They put me in a hospital in Fort Worth for nine days and they ran every test possible on me.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Nuclear dye test, uh, they put scopes down my throat. Uh, Scopes. um, They put scopes everywhere, I'll just say that. When the nuclear dye test came back, my entire body from my head to my toe was inflamed the entire uh, there was probably 99% of my body was inflamed and I don't mean a little bit I'm talking severe inflammation that test is what made my doctor go okay it's time to send you to Mayo Clinic something's going on we don't understand it your skin allergy is not correct all the the second opinion guy, basically I told you how he treated me wasn't going to go with it and so my doctor we were waiting it was a workman's compensation case. So we were waiting for my workman's compensation to agree to send me to the Mayo Clinic. Well, during that time, I finally stepped up. I was, I, I was dying. There, there's no other way to say it. I was dying. I was sleeping 21 to 22 hours a day. I could not walk from my bed to my hospital chair that they had bought me. That was three feet from my bed. I had to crawl. Uh, if I had to go to the restroom, I had to crawl into the restroom or on my feet or, or, or slide on my, on my backside. That This had completely taken over my entire body. Um, I, I wrote a letter to my surgeon, uh, my orthopedic surgeon, and I told him, listen, we're looking at three to six months for me to probably get to Mayo Clinic. If you don't think I'm going to live, I'm going to ask you to take my knees out And let's find something else, hypoallergenic knee, something. Is it out there? And I need you to take these out because if not, I'm going to die. Wow. So, and he agreed. And uh, within about 10 days, um, he put a hypoallergenic knee and they took my knees out. They left my knees out, basically treated it like a staph infection. They took both my knees out for 45, almost 50 days. Um, I stayed in a a rehab hospital and then, uh, he put the new hypoallergenic knee in and the crazy part, right after he took the knees out of my body, I lost 74 pounds in four days.
0: Wow.
2: That's how much inflammation I had. I had three catheter bags on my bed and I was, my body was releasing between 17 and 22 pounds of fluid a day.
1: So, Brett, I have a question.
2: Yes, ma'am.
1: It's like it's a very rare condition. What do you think could have been done differently?
2: Honestly, I would love to see metal allergy testing in the beginning. Uh, you know, doctors, and, and even in my case, they flat out asked me, hey, do you, are you allergic to anything? Have you ever been allergic to nickel growing up in clothes? Well, no, I hadn't been.
1: And then being tested, it didn't show up that way either.
2: It did, not, it did not show up, no.
1: So tell me, who do you feel should have spoke up for you?
2: Me, definitely. Always be a, a, your prime advocate for yourself. And then, you know, my my, 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 my orthopedic surgeon. Uh, you know, trying to get him to believe and understand that this is a severe case and something is truly wrong, Uh and then two, the, the second opinion should never have treated me the way I was treated. Uh, doctors in general need to listen. This is something I've spoke to doc several doctors about. They need to listen better. They need to understand because when you're a patient and you've gone through what I've gone through, I know what pain feels like. I can tell you the difference in my pain in my body right now today. And I could back then when it's a severe case You know, and this sounds weird, but you know when you're dying, Mm. and I was dying, and I knew it. And that, and so when you you tell them that, and it's a well, we don't know, and well, maybe we can look at you know, uh, Mayo Clinic, and and, you know, I mean, he sent me to a second opinion, and that he he tried his best, and I and I'm always grateful to him, and I still actually use him, and I'm actually getting ready to have surgery 39. Uh, on my right knee again. Thirty-nine 30. surgeries. I've had thirty. I've had thirty-nine surgeries since uh, June of two thousand ten. This will be thirty-nine. I've had thirty-eight. I've had twenty-nine on my leg. Uh, no wait, thirty on my legs and eight on my back. Whether it be pain pump
0: uh, neural stimulators, that type of thing. So, yeah, let, let's talk about the, the, cause I was, I was going to ask you about your, um, and I still do want to know a little bit more about your quality of life today, but I imagine that you were on some significant pain medications, at least I hope you were, if you were going through all this, as you described, it sounds like it was extremely painful. It, extremely. Uh, you know, and when I had
2: the allergy, uh, actually the first two surgeries, the tubioplasties, actually caused me to contract RSD. A lot of people know it now as CRPS. That is the most horrific disease I can even explain to tell people. I can't, you'd have to see my face when I'm talking about it. And I know it's an audio podcast, but it's the worst pain you'll ever go through. It is when you get a dog or your your grandchild, like my grandson would would crawl up on my feet and my legs and it felt like I was having being electrocuted um, the multiple staph infections. Yeah. It's just been, you know, my qual. it's, it's just been crazy.
0: So for, for our audience, the CRPS is complex regional pain syndrome. Is that what you're talking about?
2: Absolutely. Complex regional pain syndrome. And then there's a one and a two, uh, one is the kind of permanent and that's the one that I've been diagnosed with. I was originally diagnosed when it was still considered reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And that is, you know, what I still call it because that's what the original diagnosis was. Uh, And it's extremely, extremely painful. The pain, uh, I've gone through three neural stimulators. I've had two percutaneous lead neural stimulators. I now, in 2018, I had a permanent lead neural stimulator put in. And in 2020, I had a pain pump put in because my RSD went over what the neural stimulator can handle. So I had a pain pump, a Dilaudid pain pump put in. So I have dilated and clonidine and several other
0: medications that are running through my body right now, 24 hours a day. Wow. Those are strong medicines, but with the level of pain you've had, I, I can understand you've developed uh, quite a tolerance. And so it probably does take that to, to achieve uh, pain relief at this point.
2: Well, the great part about the pain pump It took over. I was on a large amount of Oxycontin and Oxycodone a day. Uh, I used to take 120 to 160 Oxycontin a day and then 40 Oxycodone a day. That was what I took in Oxycontin a day, which is a ton. Uh, The pain pump, I'm in a microgram dose of the dilated. So it's like, from my understanding right now, it's less than like one milligram. And, and but it's placed right on the nerve and and in the, 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 the interlecal space of the spine, so it it, it really helps. It, honestly, without the pain pump, I would probably be crippled.
1: So relief happens fast.
2: Extremely, yes. Now there there are days, and I there every. I won't say there are days. Every day is a painful day. Still, um, I have to bolus multi I can bolus up to four times a day, um, and I still deal with pain every day. It's just not at the crippling stage.
1: You talk about back issues. Are those attributed to your knees as well? Did the back come in addition because of, or is it in addition to?
2: Yeah. Yes. The back came kind of because after all the the surgeries on the knees, my gait, my walking gait changed and it caused a lot of problems in my back. Then you add the neurostimulators stimulators where mm-hmm. they go into your spine and then the pain pump. And now I have severe stenosis and arthritis in my spine because of
1: it. Just the gift that keeps on giving. It's
2: wonderful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brett, we've, we've touched on it and everything. And um, you've, you've talked a whole lot of because I want to know about your quality of life today. But more in terms of the things that uh, physically that you're unable to participate in, that you're unable to do. Um, I understand about the pain, and uh, gosh, I'm sorry you're going through that. Um, but what, what what kind of physical um, limitations do you have now as a result of this?
2: Uh, doctors don't want me lifting over 20 pounds. Uh, I've lost. This has basically caused me to lose everything I've loved to do in life. Uh, I was a very avid scuba diver. Uh, I've got over 1,400 log dives. I've been to 450 feet. I can no longer dive. My wife and I love to ride a Harley. Uh, I can no longer ride a motorcycle. Um, This has caused me, the only thing now I can do is is fish. I work in a wood shop, but quality of life uh, compared to what it used to be is I would, you know, if I'm on a one to 10 scale, I'm about a five. Uh, I have days that I can't do anything. Uh, There are days that I'm, you know, depression hits uh, because I've lost everything. Uh, I've lost everything that I was able to do and it's just been uh, it's it's been hard. And then to go 10 days ago, it was about 10 days ago I found out that uh, my body started taking the bone back in my right knee where my MCL connects. And so now mm-hmm. I have to have another, a, another surgery and have a hinged knee put in
1: eventually. And that's surgery 39 right?
2: Yes yes ma'am. I've had two day total, Five total knee replacements on the right knee. I've had four to the left. I've had, if you had the tubioplasties, I've had multiple arthroscopic surgeries in between all this to take hardware out. Um, I've had three neurostimulators and a pain pump.
1: (laughs) So you did mention earlier that you were not able to go back into service for 12 years at least. Is that correct? Yeah, I
2: I have not worked. I've I've tried to work. I won't say I haven't been able to. I've tried to work and go to work part-time like at, at, at a business here where I live. Um, but I just, I physically can't do it. I just, it, my body just won't handle it.
1: So tell me, how do you spend your time today? What do you do?
2: Uh, I honestly, I have horses uh, that I go out and just I I, I kind of train my horses. I we have eight dogs, as you can hear in the background. Sometimes I I was a canine officer, so I train dogs, and so I do that. And then I do woodworking, and I love to fish and hunt.
0: And John knows that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Brett has to ride around though in the in the cart though because because of
2: hey, hey hey hey, I can hey. still shoot my cart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it sounds like you've kind of earned the right to get to ride in the cart.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, Brett, I just want to say thank you for sharing your knowledge with us today. And I want to thank all of those who joined us for today's podcast. And I want to give a special shout out to our technical producer, Rob Church, for getting our podcast up and running. Speak Up for Safer Care is a product of Safer Care Texas, the patient safety division at the Health Science Center in Fort Worth, Texas and we are calling you to action. So speak up for Safer Care. If you're a healthcare worker, a counselor, a subject matter expert, a former patient, or a caregiver, and you have a patient safety story that you'd like to share, we invite you to be our guest. Please contact us through our website, safercaretexas.org. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Safer care Texas. We'll talk again next Wednesday. Thank you for listening, and remember, Speak up for safer care.